Commanders, and welcome to episode 191 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, that's Colin Ford, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in this rather packed orange sidewinder tonight is serving up the beers. We have our Chief Bar Steward, Grant Psychoka Wilcott. Good evening! We have our Chief of Health and Safety, Ben Aidley-Weiss, Moss Woodward. I do hope everybody's bought adequate supplies of olive oil this evening. Really? I thought it was underarm deodorant, especially how many we've got in this thing. We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have our Night Extruder Operator, Andy Barnes. Good evening. Do we have a Dr. Toxic today? We are Sans Toxic. All right. Okay, then. Well, in that case, we allow us to introduce our three extra guests. We've got our Alliance Office of, St- Alliance Office of Statistics, Commander Tom D. Hello. Yeah, that's a difficult name to say, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you have no idea how this is going to go. <laughs> Alliance Office of Statistics, lead bot investigator, Jess. Uh, friendly greetings. We've got our Patriots Planning Polyariat. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> My so. <laughs> me so. Me Thanks so. Thanks for having me, guys. See, see, you even put it there, and I can't even pronounce a four-letter word. Ah, I'm slipping. So if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in the game in open around Lave Station. Uh, just uh, have a look for uh, Ben flying about in the Chieftain, uh, but please don't shoot him, because I'm probably going to be on board. Uh, so... If, if you can't get to us in game, you can also join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. And, uh, and of course, we're on Twitch TV slash live radio. So quickly going through, through around the group, we'll see what everybody's been up to this week. So we'll start with Commander Shan. Well, in game, I have been getting my um, second account um, ready to uh, for a trip to Colonia because I'm moving my second account to Colonia, um, and in in real life I've been uh, looking at um, personal data and how it's used. Um, it kind of came to the fore rather spookily yesterday when I was in the opticians and I was looking on my phone at a couple of websites and you know just waiting for the appointment, and I then changed to a, another website and up popped adverts for laser eye surgery so how did it know i was i was in an optician's if he didn't actually read the location from my phone all very dodgy so i now have my tinfoil hat on Mm. well uh just just to tell captain zapophonicus trog for zap four we are hoping that nobody has had beans in the orange sidewinder tonight even though it is quite close we do have remlocks uh on standby and I, still have, <laughs> I did have poached eggs. Rembo, Remlock's on standby. Ben, what have you been up to? Um, oh, yeah. So, out of game, I've been dismantling beds and swearing loudly at screws that want to be threaded uh, and hex nuts that are more circular. 
So are you offering to help Cal construct his bathroom furniture? Uh, to be honest, seeing as next next thing I, that's on the list is uh, doing some tiling and things like that on my son's bath on my son's bedroom floor. I might be getting a bit more experience doing these things than I want to. Ooh, that that sounds ominous. It's going to be fun and interesting, yeah. But yeah, no, my son's getting his bedroom basically done up, and that's going to be fun. I see. And um, in game, in game, I've not actually been doing a heck of a lot. I've just been pottering around the game, really, just enjoying flying because uh, the chieftain is so much fun to fly. But I've not actually been doing anything productive. I've just been like, "Wee, wee, spaceships!" rather than anything <laughs> constructive. The chieftain right. is a really, really fun ship to fly. She let's call it Alliance. <laughs> yeah, it is officially the Alliance chieftain. Yeah. Yes, the Alliance chieftain. <laughs> See, I'm surprised you're not Alliance could get the rat together enough to actually design a new ship. Uh, well, that's not for lack of wanting. This yeah. to happen. Well, let's see. A, a, not a, a new ship, not one that's cobbled together out of old spare parts. Yeah, and a spoiler that they found in the junkyard. Yes. T10. <clears throat> yes. No. Uh, that brings us on to the highlight of the week. Grant, Psychoco Wilcott, the chat room is demanding your update of the bathroom. Well, it's 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 going it's going well today. Today the bathroom went from a regular wall shade to blue because the first proper coat of waterproofing is now in place. Uh, that'll now take about a week to settle down, and then it'll be another little one, uh, another coating, and then I think at that point it's time for tiling. So we're getting ever close to the end of it. It's getting there, and as I say, we will get you amazing pictures of this. <laughs> <laughs> saga. <laughs> it's, looking, it's looking good. Actually, last night I was I was out with our very own um, second technician. Um, he's up in Glasgow, so he said, "Hey, do you fancy going to see um, Black Panther?" And I said, "No," but I did it anyway. Oh. Um, it's not as funny as when Peter Sellers did it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, moving on from there then. I've got tons of uh, tons of news. I could fill the whole show with all the stuff that's happened this week. It's been oh. epic. Apart from oh, I was called right, fat you... by an OT. It's like cheers. Uh, just picking up on what Thomas in chat was saying, uh, Cal. Uh, can you get a hold of a 360 camera so we can experience your bathroom in VR? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've got enough web cameras. I could strap them to every part of my head. Yeah, this elaborate camera head headwear, and I could just like spin around in circles. <laughs> so there you go. He's now admitted he he will be able to supply cow POV from future future use. The cow cam. The cow cam. Ooh. Cow can cam. <laughs> well, let's see. Um, personally, oh, Commander Kurgle, what have you been up to this this uh, week? Uh, well, I put my um, Ramtar stuff on hold because of the bugs waiting for 3.0.3 to land. Uh, mm -hmm. So I've been sticking miniatures together for tabletop games. That's what I've been mostly doing this week. Oh, I know that feeling all right. Uh, uh, so, let's see. Um, 
as far as myself, I've been, I have been in the Chieftain, flying around the Pleiades, taking out as many Thargoid Marauder Scouts as I can. I, I I'm, uh, yeah, well, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm absolutely thoroughly enjoying it. It's really reinvigorated uh, some of the combat for me, so uh, I'm having a great deal of fun with that. Uh, I'd also like to thank the 60 or so people who have signed up for the EDWTRB website, which uh, I can see there are wings and and uh, wings and groups all being set up on that for the roleplay. So thank you very much for uh, starting to use it, because uh, I've been mostly just bug fixing that out of uh, out of hours. So have, we'll... have you pressed the fix it button for my things yet? I need no. it now. It's on the list. It's priorities, <laughs> mate. Priorities. Can you give a, a, a can you give that link out again so that those who uh, are unable to break the acronym can uh, get on? <laughs> I will pass the link into the chat room. I've That's, done it, mate. Don't worry. Ah, well, there you go then. That should that should keep them quiet. <clears throat> no, it never keeps them quiet. So our guests, Commander J Trinity, or Jess. What have you been up to for the last week or so? Uh, the last week. Uh, the last week I have been, um, uh, well, BGS and PowerPlay. Uh, so I run the, the, well, not run, the AOS has a, a bunch of people who are leadership. Um, my tasks there is mainly uh, working out the BGS for our local faction. And uh, so that's pretty much my day every day, all the time. Okay. Uh, Commander Mysel. Let's see. I built a new computer last week, which is exciting. Uh, In-game, BGS and PowerPlay, yeah. Uh, I'm a retiree in Petraeus planning, so I spend a lot of time supporting my friends and making sure that things are uh, going smoothly and that they have all the knowledge and uh, secret hidden knowledge from PowerPlay uh, from years past. And finally, our, ex uh, our another Alliance person, Commander Tom D., I've been mostly just dealing with the fallout from uh, from that post I made uh, the other day on Saturday. Right. That's mostly been my time. Okay, then. Well, in that case, what we'll do is uh, we will have a... Uh, we'll, we'll touch on that in a great deal of depth a little bit later. Um, now, as as we go through our bits, feel free, guys, to chip in with any, uh, any little bits that you feel are relevant. Uh, and... Uh, uh, We'll see how we go for the rest of the the, uh, the episode. So, looking down our vast list of things to go over today, um, we have a bit of development news. Now, it says Frontier comments on taking action on accounts where the game client has been manipulated. Can someone explain to me what this one is? Uh, I think this is actually in relation to uh, Brett's comments. Uh, Pretty much just uh, no, not Brett's comments. The uh, the support commander sticks. Yeah, commander uh, sticks yeah, saying that yeah. uh, they take action where applicable on accounts that are that show bot-like behaviour. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't think there's anything majorly surprising there. You know, anyone who isn't an imbecile knows that Frontier are regularly taking stuff, and no, they will never tell us they are because that's kind of stupid for them to tell us what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how they're detecting things and so on. You know, we... Yes, I understand from our perspective, it kind of sucks that you go off and you make report after report after report. 
and it feels like nothing's ever done. But they do do things. Mm-hmm. I, I think but, it was really just in lieu of the recent um, sort of bombshell news about bots yeah. in the game that they're they're really just trying to provide an assurance to the community that they are actually taking action on uh, anything that they you know have reported towards them. Yep. And you know, we know they are, but we also know they'll never tell us anything. Because they don't want to give away their technique of actually detecting these things. Well, you know, that would yeah. certainly be part of it, yeah. If you think, I, think about I mean, you read between, sorry. Um, well, I was, I was going to say, actually, um, I sort of wish they would give us some stats. Because, um, yes, I can completely understand the fact they won't say, oh, we use this method to detect combat logging, or we use this method to detect botting, and we use that method to establish someone's um, been griefing or harassing other players. I do wish they would announce, this week we banned X number of players for this, or yes. X, or, you know, just to kind of... <clears throat> given awareness they actually do take action because it seems sometimes as though just me as a layman I, I sit there and i'm thinking why aren't these group of people banned because any other games company that i can think of would have publicized the fact because they've had a crackdown on this activity and this has been the result That's because then that acts as a, then that acts as a deterrent for people not to do it if people think they can get away with stuff scot-free with no action then they'll continue doing it as an example, Bluehole, the makers of PUBG, released a, a month ago that they they banned, a, 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 I think it's like a million players, a million accounts due to hacking on their game. And if we could have something from FDev like that, that actually detailed what kind of action that they were taking, even if it's just they're soft banning these players that, that do this, it doesn't need to be specifics. It doesn't need to be a commander's name or anything. It just needs to be, we've taken X action on X number of players for... Why, um, uh, reasons, yeah, reasons. yeah, yeah. Well, having, having been the one who reported these bots, um, twice now to FDEV, and in fact, having done basically all the work for them to, to capture, you know, evidence, um, when we over time even developed our own means of tracking these accounts to see, you know, their, their traffic patterns and where they're going and, and sort of what they're up to. And having filed reports with FDEV um, and had interaction in those reports with FDEV, but at no point did they actually uh, verify or confirm that they've taken any action. However, because we we're able to track those accounts, um, I'm sure it was just coincidence that at the time my both of those abuse reports were closed, um, the bots that were reported had disappeared um, for 30 days. Um, what we were really frustrated was is that they were really only temporary bans for something that is quite clearly um, a pretty significant infraction. But it, even even in private in confidence with us, um, with even just me, they they wouldn't confirm or deny um, any action taken. Right. Well, we'll go into the these uh, these findings and investigations later into the show um, when we touch on the the major power play things. Uh, so. The settlement data investigation findings. Um, this was uh, Will responding to uh, an issue 
and they have found that they have they have made an error on their end to clean up any confusion um we've caused here are the details players should normally receive three units of both materials and scan data universally with the exception of the guardian blueprint scan data which is only one based on reports we've discovered that the settlement scan data is currently being received in units of one this is incorrect and not intended uh, we should be as mentioned above players should be receiving them in three where they're looking for a fix for this issue and they will update you when they have information to share so if you are getting these incorrect amounts of data please make sure to report it as a bug and uh, well, I'm assuming that when you report it as a bug, they will compensate you with the appropriate bits further down the line. Is that the impression yeah, people have got? Oh, well, there's a bug report open in the bug forum about it, because even in 3.03, you mm. still only get one, I believe. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure about the, um, the compensation bit, um, but uh, yeah, I think it's still to be fixed or still looking at, certainly as far as the entry in the bug form is um i haven't done any planetary scan missions for a while so I, I can't personally confirm that's the case um but from reports people they are still um only doing one right so well that'll bring us on to 3.0.3 which was released on a monday so the i mean is everybody look through the release note on this one yes yep. Yep. yeah uh do does it fix the majority of the things that you were concerned about no coming from uh two chieftain enthusiasts we were pretty happy to see that the uh, cockpit's been fixed oh yeah that was nice <laughs> there, there's so, definitely some have we tested there. that actually because everything yeah, else we said they fix are you volunteering ben? are you volunteering we'll shoot at your chieftain i'll stay here and you can come and shoot me so there were uh two outstanding things related to power play that I think we were all hoping would be fixed with 3.03. Uh, one of them is the impact of having power bounties, being able to pay them off. Uh, right now, well, rather prior, you couldn't pay them off. So if you did any undermining or you got interdicted by a ship in friendly space and you killed it, you would be wanted in those systems and your ship would have all of the penalties associated. In the patch notes, it says you can clear those at factors, but you can't. It's not working. Right. Right. Uh, the other this big is a one point is, with me. and we'll talk about this more, I think, later on, but uh, we are supposed to have power play bounties appearing in top five lists in control systems. Mm -hmm. They're not. Uh, and this is an issue um, that we identified in the first beta in the first weekend and reported on in excruciating detail and we're very um, disappointed that it's not fixed while being uh, understanding think, that it's not necessarily an I easy think it's fix. A, and not an easy fix, I think. Right. Is the problem for yeah. That. yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, I'm not, with that, not mad. Yeah. It, and this is a thing. I, I think that it's not a huge, it hasn't impacted everyone as hugely just yet. I haven't heard any major issues from people undermining or sniping. Um, as uh, yeah. okay. Well, correct me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, ALD just had a 600,000 merit snipe against them a oh, few weeks ago. So, 
had they been able to identify the top five list, that probably wouldn't have happened. Well, as, long um, as, it, as long as it affects the empire, that's fine. No, never mind. Yeah, never mind. right. Um, <laughs> and uh, whether or not that happens again this week, uh, currently we don't know because nobody has the ability to detect it in advance. It is entirely mm -hmm. possible that Frontier don't actually fully understand why that is so important in I, power play. I have confidence based on uh, what Sandra has said that he does understand. I think it's not a priority issue. I think it's a difficulty issue, as Tom suggested. Yeah. I just suggested, but yeah. Sorry. Right. Okay, <laughs> well, going through the rest of 3.0.3, right, we've got updates to the kill warrant scanner, uh, which I do believe is, is one of the issues which people have been complaining about. Updates to the generation on bounties on AI ships. Obviously, you just said that the superpower bounty, well, the superpower bounties are in, but the power play bounties are still not working properly. Is that, and um, we'll go into that at a later point. Updates to the respawn rule, locking off outfitting if you are docking anonymously. Now, this has been quite, um, quite controversial, hasn't it? It has, yes. What they've, what they've done is there was a situation where a commander could find themselves with a hefty uh, bill uh, for cleaning modules from a ship they're not currently in. Mm. Um, so what they did is they say, okay, we won't allow you to clean your modules until you paid off your bounty on the ship they're in. So basically you have to be squeaky clean before you can access outputting. Um, that's miffed off a few players who like playing as criminals and delighted other people who like the fact criminals are paying now. <laughs> um, so, but it is only a stopgap solution. They are looking at a more longer term uh, answer, I think. Um, so we need to keep an eye on that and see how that's happening. But yeah, it's, it's one of these um, swings and roundabouts fixes where some people hate it and some people are enjoying themselves with it. Uh, it does seem that sometimes it doesn't, uh, you can't keep all the people happy all the time. Uh, so we've got skimmer missions which have been uh, re-enabled with uh, big anti-ship base weaponry. And yes, although what's happened is you, you can now trigger them um, by going... Sorry, I'm getting an echo. Um, yeah, apparently you can trigger them by going close to the, the base in a ship with an SRV in it is if they sort of detect you've got an SRV on board, even though you're flying, and come out to play. Oh, has that been tested then? Because uh, I, I saw that in the notes, and I hadn't had a chance to test it. Cause it's yeah, there was a video. You in an SRV. Well, the, you are meant to kill the skimmers in an SRV, right. and I think that's the, that's the objective behind it. I don't think you're ever meant to nuke a site from orbit. Um, personally, I think you should be able to kill stuff from orbit because it, if, it gives you an opportunity to combine arms. You know, you get some players in SRVs and some on ships, and it's kind of like a combined airstrike and land thing. So I like that variation. But on the other hand, I can see how silly just nuking a site from orbit repeatedly actually is. It, it does simplify and make it a little bit trivial, I think. Mm. So we've also got my, the mining missions have now been re-enabled as well. Yes, they no longer give um, rewards um, that are... Um, they no longer they go off and say, get me 10 things of iron and I'll give you 50 things of iron as a reward. That's right, yeah. 
So it doesn't give you the items wanted by the station, in other words. Yeah. Yeah. So apart from that, we now have ATR response units, mining fragments, masses commissions now spawning for factions and war state, galaxy map configuration now persists, adjustment settlement data so that missions no longer erroneously direct players to locations that can't find it, increased bulk passenger messages, stop service players being able to delete wing missions from their inboxes uh, and players that can pay fines that were incurred while in the SRV. Uh, in addition, rank up missions, uh, which now appear as follow-up missions to make it clear to the player, uh, fixed gyroscopes on the PS4, fixed collector limpets that automatically <laughs> ignore materials and fixed collector limpets. So they correct, they ignore correctly when used by the gunner role and multi-crew. So quite a lot for just a 0 0.01 update. Oh, you missed the best one out of all of these patch notes. The fact that uh, attacking a wanted ship, even if you haven't scanned it, uh, it doesn't oh, yeah. make you want it. That is one of the best quality of life features they could have possibly added, in my opinion. Which I was actually going to hand over to Ben. But... Oh, sorry! <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, hand over to uh, that. I'm talking to Miss Miso at the moment. Well... Okay then. So while while we wait for, for that, sorry, I was just going to jump in. Um, yeah, the other thing I think we haven't quite talked about is uh, goodbye super fast ranking. Yes, because they have adjusted the reputation rewards uh, to balance out superpower progression. Um, although uh, people are having difficulty in getting the rank up missions uh, to spawn now, alongside I believe engineer. Uh, invites and permit uh, issuing. So there seems to be a, an issue with that which Frontier are looking into uh, in having missions to spawn and stuff like that. But yeah, the, the ability to go from zero to king in a couple hours has now gone. I'm quite relieved about that, to be honest. It was pretty silly, to be honest, yes. Mm. I'm, I'm relieved, but I think we were expecting... Uh naval rank reworks by now a something i think beyond a band-aid would have been nice yeah i do agree with you quite it... quick uh it used to be there was a nice middle ground where you would rank up at a at a reasonable clip um and then when was it that must have been like 1.4 maybe that it uh went to the way it is well i think the ranking up mission should be um, progressive anyway i mean i on my main account i think my mission to get to the king rank was something like take 10 tons of grain to a system seven light years away and it was like oh great i'm gonna be made a king for shipping seven tons or something across you know it, it, you should have a series of missions that are progressively more difficult mm -hmm. to make you justify the rank they're going to give you i think um so yeah, it does need a rework because I say you can, if you if you keep spamming the mission boards, eventually you'll get like a, a data delivery mission. Is King so, yeah. is King I, ideally, a reasonable rank anyway? You know, is King really? I, I'm, not... I'm a king, and I still get uh, Petraeus NPC saying, "Who are you? You don't belong here. Do you know who I work for?" <laughs> but who who did you have to kill, yeah, or what? Me. What family did you have to marry into to become king? 
What planet am I king of? That's why I want. Yeah, know. exactly. I mean, I think, I think it does come down to some of the the ranking terms. Just don't sit right with me. I don't mind is, the majority of them, but king doesn't make sense. And if it were a king, you know, what? Who can you order about? And I think you know when you have ranking systems like that, you should be able to wield them over other players. You know, I'm your king, <laughs> lick my cobra. Is it possible that language Thank has evolved? <laughs> in the past thousand years so that king means something different i don't know well, that's uh, what did have you just do hand wavy him in the flint orange sidewinder did you just <laughs> did you honestly oh my gosh <laughs> at least yeah, like, uh, feds you know. <laughs> and imperials have you know locked ships behind um behind ranks which alliance you know we we kind of would we, we kind of a little bit salty we, i think a lot of alliance would like to have our own sort of special I, ships that I are absolutely agree. Rank somehow I think I think that what what would have made sense, or in a perfect world, the chiefs and the Type Ten would have been yeah. reintroduced with a naval with a progression rework kind. and an alliance uh, alliance implementation of that. But you know, I'm not complaining. Not having to grind for it is perfectly fine. <laughs> no, I think there's a grace period for the alliance players that that didn't spend all the two years okay. grinding their ranks. So. Sure, sure, so sure. Maybe we could we could put the code Mark Four. Behind Alliance rank, show some love for the Alliance ranks. Uh, what would they start at? Farmer, mud handler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See now, yeah. I will say most Petraeus commanders nowadays are friendly or allied uh, with the Alliance, so that they can get access to Bill Turner to engineer their this APAs, uh, and somehow, <laughs> I I don't really understand why Bill Turner is the plasma guy. But you know, uh, we're not salty. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we do also have uh, Kurgo. You're the expert on this one. Increased the payouts for bulk passenger missions. Yeah, I wanted to see uh, something. I was interested to see were they just going to put a flat increase on it, or were they actually going to adjust it for distance from star calculations like they were made before? And it just looks like they put a flat increase on it. Uh, from my test, sadly. Yeah. yeah, they seem to have a cap, don't they, as well? Because I think as soon as I noticed the change, I was like, oh, great, I'll run off this meeting to see what the effect is going to be, you know, for the edge cases. And yeah. uh, the system where I'm sort of around at the moment, there's a planetary base or uh, three, 300,000 light seconds away, and it seemed to cap out uh, around 250K light seconds. So it wasn't paying any more for any greater distance than 250k light seconds, certainly the missions I saw. So I think they've, they've increased it, but they've capped it as well. Yeah, that looks exactly the same as what I saw earlier. I mean, same thing, Smeaton, but from Alan Hub. And it was actually paying more to go to a closer system with a closer destination for less passengers than it was to go to Smeaton. So even, even the range of the RNG is broader than the extra payment you're getting for the distance. And they've also increased the number of passengers as well, haven't they? I think they it's usually 30, 45 passengers is usually the top end of it, as opposed to 10 passengers or whatever it used to be. Yeah, but 30 or 40 passengers are paying like between 1 and 3 million credits, so it's, it is a big swing. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out over time and if you can actually fill cabins up now. I do like having bigger numbers, even if the payment is lower, because less time flipping, you know, mission windows to get more passengers, the better, really. I, I like the bigger I like the bigger passenger numbers because it gives me more chance to try and dump 
passengers inside burning stations so other people can try and rescue them. Yeah, and what I did see, though, at um, Allen Hub was there were five or six different missions that were all going to the same tourist destination 20,000 light years away, and they were all paying 30 or 40 million credits each. Now, okay, that's going to probably take you a bit longer than the old meeting run, but that looked like it that could be a profitable. So was that an RNG thing, do you think, or do you think it's a thing now? It'd be, it'll be, we'll only see over time whether or not getting six missions to the same destination from one station is common. I think probably, like, I don't know if the background sim is, is complex enough to model things like tourist hotspots and if that's why destinations come up on the boards and then go away again, or if it's just a straight random within this distance. I can't imagine how gutting it would be if you got scanned with all those missions in it, though. <laughs> or if you got 100 credit fine and then couldn't dock. Yeah. So, I mean... Commander Kurgel, obviously there's been uh, some fixes gone in with the Ramtar things. Uh, you've obviously not had a chance to check at them, but they have said that they've fixed some of the Guardian sites having a different layout. They've fixed a pylon which couldn't be scanned. They've fixed an issue where some of the Guardian, Guardian codices are only display when in a group, and finally fixed an issue which would cause the Ramtar mission to expire too early. Is that going to be enough to get you back into it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing that stopped me was, I think the second site I hit, my mission expired, and I lost like three hours of scanning sites and just thought I'll wait till I fix it after that. Mm. So does that mean you've got to go back and have the start the mission all over again now? Yeah, basically I have to pick the mission up and start the whole process of the second scanning sites thing, but I don't mind that. Like That's exactly why I stopped after two or three hours where it broke, rather than I'm glad I was only three hours in rather than 15 hours into the process. Then I'd have been really annoyed. Right. So, I mean, overall, 3.03, um, good reaction so far? Could do better. Would be my I, I noticed a, a severe absence um, of a mention of fixing the comms panel bug. Uh, although I they haven't commented had the comms. on that. They, they? Uh, yeah, yeah, apparently they they did fix it. They just forgot to put it in the patch notes. How they could they was... forget to put that in the patch well, notes? No, they said, like it was a, they said it was a speculative fix, so that's probably why they didn't yeah. put it in it. They thought they fixed the issue by a, a random, uh, some change that they made, but they didn't put it in because it wasn't 100% a fix. Oh, I see. And, and for me, one of the biggest fixes that I wanted was uh, not having to switch to solo so I could dock. Uh, oh yeah! I, when are they going to fix that? Passenger Honestly. ship is still sitting on my pad. It's not bugged, right? No, I what is that bug? I've not heard that one. On a beluga. Oh, if if anybody sits in your station or has been sitting in the station, the NPCs start to get bugged, oh, and right. they don't yes, undock yes. from the pads. So then, when you request docking, you fly in and you try to mate with a beluga yeah there's a there's a video on my twitch of me <laughs> yes. trying to mate with a beluga on a pad repeatedly that is so uh, annoying and, yeah, and the seen, only way that. only way around it is to you can't cancel your docking and then re-request because the docking the uh, manager will yeah. put you in the same spot so you need to switch and so you switch and then you switch back to open or you forget or whatever. i had to do and that today twice i've had to do it's that great today. All these bugs people are discovering, I'm not having one of them yet, so <laughs> not that I'm complaining. Well, talking about bugs, we've had confirmation of something that we've actually long suspected, that the Thargoids are in fact a faction. Did you yes. see that? 
Yes, I have seen oh, that. There oh, that have been talks that might be fake news. Well, uh, on that, do you remember in the beta when they started showing it off, uh, the Guardians and the Thargoids were in the same bracket on the on the galaxy map in the Allegiance? Mm-hmm. So you had human, uh, you had Empire Alliance Federation Independent, and then Guardians and Thargoids. So I reckon at some point they're going to bring in the Thargoids and the Guardians as a separate Allegiance altogether. I'm not sure it is fake. I mean, I haven't. Because there's people who posted videos of it actually appearing. So if it was just a single static screenshot, you think, okay, you can just fake that. If it's a video, that takes a little bit more effort. And the, the fact, as was just said, that you can now filter your galaxy map on Thargoid uh, civilization would seem to imply there are factions. So it, may, it could be we're not actually ever supposed to see these faction changes and they're supposed to be hidden. So the message we're getting is actually isn't supposed to be shown, but just kind of happens in the background. Can I um, chime in with my theory on this? Go on then. Okay. Uh, So it used to be that the engineers had a workshop government type because they owned assets. My guess would be that if eventually Thargoids have any asset in a system that can be interacted with uh, beyond the bases that already exist, they probably need to have some kind of government type, even if it doesn't do anything. Uh, I think that a lot of new features need to be kind of shoehorned into existing framework. Well, well, maybe it's already there in a way, because one of the things that we were promised before the Thargoids turned up was that player actions would determine uh, how the Thargoids reacted to people. So if indeed the Thargoids are a hidden faction then however many of them you shoot or however many escape pods you feed them, um, <laughs> then that may well determine how quickly a Thargoid becomes across at you. I have a bit of a theory and, and maybe even a bit of a prediction. Um, I believe that this is infrastructure that perhaps is unintentionally shown up, but infrastructure being put in place for the Q4 update with the fleet carriers. And I have... The prediction is, uh, I feel like the direction FDEV is going with lore um, is that the human race is going to come into a big war against the Thargoids, perhaps with the Guardians involved in that as well. And it may be in um, deep space somewhere, and that's why we would need the fleet carriers. And and some of the new ships, like the, the T-10 is, is a hull tank. Um, and really was designed for Thargoids. Um, the, the Alliance Chieftain is pretty much a hull tank, kind of designed for attacking Thargoids. So I feel this is all building up towards FDEV moving in the direction of um, a, a big war, maybe with humans versus Thargoids versus Guardians, and probably outside the, the human-populated bubble, which is why we would need fleet carriers. Mm. Well, it's funny you should mention the um, the Thargoids in question, because Aegis has now started to issue Thargoid massacre missions. Has anybody else seen these? Uh, that's interesting. Yes, there, there are uh, anti-Thargoid missions appearing in two systems. Uh, I don't have the, the details to hand right at this moment in time. Um, where you can basically uh, count up kills. The payouts are about about a million per mission, which is a heck of a lot better than the 10,000 per ship that you're getting for a Marauder at the moment. But uh, yes, so there, there this are... is so. Are these like the randomly generated missions that pop up yes. as you're flying through space? And it's actually no, 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 no. These are from the mission boards to kill Thargoids or to 
to kill Thargoids. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And it it's just like any spec ops mission or huh. kill X number of pirates. Yes. So to me, that would imply that the Thargoids. And again, I'm. I may have somebody PM me later, be like, "You have no idea what you're talking about." But uh, <laughs> to me, that would imply that there is a hidden minor faction for the Thargoids, right? Right. Uh, because yeah. how else is the game going to know that you kill right. targoids? If it's not yeah. working like a CG where you have to turn in the bonds and it's just counting the ship kills, well, it needs to know who the ships belong to. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think, yeah, that's what I was saying. I think this message is unintended. I think it's a change in this hidden faction we're not supposed to see, which would explain why the text is so generic as well. Hmm. I guess we'll find out one of these mysteries. I think they will have to keep an eye on. Mm. It's evolving. It is evolving. It's evolving very, very nicely. So, um, has anybody got any final development news before the newsletter? They want have to you, have we on. said anything about the nerf to wing missions, or are we wanting to? <sighs> have they actually been nerfed? Yes. Uh, it does I look would like say it. so. Oh, okay. Like how badly you want... nerfed. Yeah. Do you explain the situation, Ben. Okay, so, you know, before Monday, wing missions were really quite profitable and good to do. After Monday, you could go and do the exact same mission with the exact same... This is delivery missions. Mm -hmm. So you could go off and deliver the exact same stuff to the exact same place, but you'd maybe get a quarter of the amount that it's actually worth on a per commodity basis. So, you know, oh, for example, um, and I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but I remember seeing something like, you know, for delivering about 100 widgets, you were getting, say, a million credits. And then for delivering 4,000 widgets, you were getting 4 million credits. And that just doesn't scale up. That's unfortunate, because you, you need to have an incentive for... Well, you should yeah. have an incentive for wing missions for people to wing up to encourage, um, you know, cooperative gameplay. Indeed, and I'm just worried that this is going <laughs> to. Sorry, somebody's trying to scoop me in game at the moment. <laughs> um... <laughs> so I yeah, I... that could be. it's Kirk. So yeah, Commander Splits is trying to scoop me in game again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, it is a shame. I mean, the, the wing missions I've done have been a lot of fun. I really think that the wing missions for the the wing assassination missions are awesome fun to do. And I don't think they've been touched, but I might be wrong there. I think it's just the the delivery missions that have been touched. And... The wing assassination missions are more fun to do solo. <laughs> Only if you're in a only if yeah, only if in your ship, Shan. <laughs> uh, well, looking through newsletter two one eight, um, obviously the the highlight there is that if you have a beluga, you can fly around a beluga, looking like something out of the eighties. I think is the best way to describe it. <laughs> uh, and did anyone see um, Will in his own his first solo stream? on last Thursday. I think it's doing pretty well as a new community manager. Okay, great. I didn't see a stream, but he's a, he seems like a great guy. Yeah. yeah seemed to, he seemed to handle the stream. He seemed to handle the three the three people there quite quite eloquently. So uh, looking forward to seeing more of them, Will, if you don't mind. But I would like to still see uh, see Ed 
uh, flying about every so often. See his frustrated face when someone tries to blow him up. That's uh, that'll be good. Hmm. And did anyone see the the wood carved Farragut battle cruiser by Commander Empire Tyrant? That that was phenomenal to see. I've not seen that. Yeah. It's, Where it's was up, this? It's in it's in the a newsletter two one eight. Oh, I'm gonna have to look. Hmm. So. What we'll do, if you don't mind, folks, we will uh, take a quick break and we'll come back with our topic, main topic for this uh, for the, this evening. The Federal Navy. If we want you for Adventures Unlimited. Just last week I was mixing Sidewinder Slammers at a seedy space bar. I wasn't even pilot registered. And now I have a ship and a basic starting mission for the Federal Navy. Owing to recent actions in the Lave region, the Federal Navy now seeks to recruit another 1,000 entry-level pilots. We need you to add your strength to our military machine. I'm going to see the galaxy. We have missions for all pilots, regardless of combat experience or flight hours. Come and talk to us and we'll get you on the military ladder. Join the Federal Navy. Make a real pilot of yourself. Or die trying. Wait, what's that? Is that is that a ship coming? Are they looking for me? What do they? This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring! What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store! And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa! Sounds like you've got a case of space madness! What you really need is... Really Big Gas Tank! What? With Really Big Gas Tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort! No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel! It's as easy as honk and go! Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go! Wanna be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go! And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonia 5000, you can honk and go, go, go! Gee, thanks, mister! No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonia 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, pipism, and spontaneous star face. He's only a drunk. 
and welcome back. Um, our main discussion this uh, today, as you probably gathered from our, our three guests, is well one of the most derided and, and let's say unappreciated features of Elite Dangerous, power play. And this was highlighted this week with um, the post, are there bots manipulating the BSG and power play in Elite? Now, would someone like to explain to me where this investigation started? Um, sure. <laughs> Do you want me to go first, Tom? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jess is the lead investigator on this. She's the one who picked up the, the bots were even a thing in the first place. So, uh, Jess. So really all the all the powers, uh, all the powers in the game. I think most of the powers, anyway, experience some degree of uh, fifth columning, um, which yeah. is. Uh, for those that might not know fifth columning it's it's when players pledge to your side but um kind of uh work against you work against you by being on pledge to you and and we've known that we've had alliances had uh, 5c uh, ships because we've seen them coming through our mains uh, our headquarters because the ship names say things like i prep saholia saholia for mahon and Etc. And Saholia, for those that might not know, is is probably the single worst um, system that uh, Mahon could move into, and so they work against you by basically trying to expand into it. Um, right. And uh, so w we've seen those ships, and we've known that they've been doing it, and we don't weren't interacting with them because we know they're just trolling us. Um, the ship name tells us that they're trolling us. They're not even trying to hide that they're fifth columning. And right. um, so it, it it annoyed me actually quite a bit. <laughs> and after a while, I, I started trying to interact with them. Um, I guess you could say I was trying to feed the trolls and uh, and trying to communicate with them and, and getting no reaction. And then I observed one of them leaving the station. And they left the station in this quite clearly uh, in in human way. Humans just don't fly this way. And I thought, well, that's really strange. And minutes after that, uh, one of the other ships, also with a Saholia ship name, uh, departed in exactly the same way. And um, and that struck me like, okay, wait a minute, what's going on here? It, it, almost like it's a bot, but it can't be bots, right? You can't have, it can't possibly be bots in in a game like Elite. I mean, they'd have to navigate around planets, and, and there's just no way. And uh, so right. I stuck around, I observed some more of them, um, and um, they're all departing exactly the same. I did a little bit of Googling and researching, and um, and I discovered actually there are programs out there, um, developers of those programs basically posting videos of how their program works, autopilot for Elite Dangerous. Um, and I realized, oh my lord, there's actually bots in the game. Okay, so how do I prove this? Um, and quite literally, I became obsessed uh, to an unhealthy degree of uh, basically monitoring, capturing video of tracking, writing things down. Um, and I spent far too many hours um, collecting evidence. Um, how there many hours worth of video evidence did you say you had the other day? Oh god, I I've probably got about 100 hours, but I I've got... I've, I've managed to put together because literally I would just sit parked with I have a couple accounts and I just leave them parked outside the stations and watch these ships come and go and, and record them when I saw them 
and um, so initially there were six accounts, um, and uh, so I, I filed a report with uh, a report with Frontier, um, and um, throughout the month we continued to sort of gather evidence and communicate back and forth with them, um, and finally the ticket was closed and the six accounts disappeared. And what was interesting is that uh, the prep that was going into Sahalia um, stopped when those six accounts disappeared. Right. Um, and we also noticed a difference in our, our BGS. We, we thought we had a player faction messing with us in, in our mains, in our home system. It's worth um, mentioning that on the 25th of September is when we uh, filed the report, when Jess filed the report. Right. Um, and we saw a uh, synchronized drop in the fifth column in uh, efforts on our power play and a drop on our BGS attacks as well on the 27th of September. Right. So you, then, were, you were looking at this from, from what you can, I can read here. June 2017. Yeah. We, well, yeah, so earlier in June. Now, we've seen those Saholia accounts uh, ships for a long time and we knew that they were doing Sahalia. We didn't know they were bots. We thought they were just people. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so we say June because that was uh, kind of when we started noticing those accounts, I guess. Um, so, um, but we did ahead. have, yes, with the... About, what, yeah, what, Jet Brotherhood. Well, no, there's not just that. So uh, about late 2016, FDev introduced um, a consolidation uh, mechanic in PowerPlay. I won't bore oh, you yeah. the details, but since then, it's been very difficult to to basically get at any of the powers and and fifth column in is really the only way and it was from that point on that we started seeing the fifth column in efforts um so really we've been seeing the kind of uh, format of their attacks on us from early january 17 uh, 2017 um and then the bgs attack started in june which is when jess started really looking into it so they're using bots to alter the bgs as well as the power play indeed yes I, I, I see Meso wants to say something. Just really quick, though. I, I think they, so they're fast-tracking, okay? So they're, they're paying for their papers that they're hauling into Soholia. Um, and in order to do that, they need money. So uh, I think at least in the beginning, they were doing BGS um, in order to make money so that they could fast-track papers to undermine us. After the first ban, however, uh, 30 days after that ban was, uh, four of the six first original accounts returned and then they started really heavily working against our, like they targeted our BGS um, as well as PowerPlay. So I, we pissed them off. And from that point on, then it was a, a pretty much steady. Yeah, we, we stirred up the, the bees nest. So uh, would you say that the number of these bots has increased? Oh, yeah. Yeah, massively. Oh, oh yeah, like a lot. But uh, it's like chopping off the head of it's, dropping yeah. like, it's like dropping off the head of the Hydra. You take out one in three spawn in its place. So when those four accounts returned, um, there were uh, altogether, I, I, over the next month, I had put together about 15 accounts. So the original six went to four, um, and within a couple of weeks turned into 15 accounts. Um, all with the same MO. The, all the same pattern, all the same tell. The, there's a tell, the, and there's a i can look at them now and and know that is that isn't uh, just based on a combination of things but misa wanted to say something yeah, yeah as as a not alliance person i wanted to chime in you mentioned um that these issues really started escalating for you guys after consolidation was added uh yeah. and 
you also mentioned seeing first four than 15. I think it's really important to um, add that you're almost certainly only seeing the tip of the iceberg. Um, oh, yeah. During this period where Mahone has really struggled with uh, sabotage preps, loss-making preps that would damage your carefully uh, manicured and controlled economy, uh, other powers like Ashling, for example, has 112,000 tons in a bad system this week. Uh, I don't believe for a second, uh, not that you've suggested it, but I don't believe for a second that Mahone is the only power seeing this. Oh, and absolutely. Absolutely. There is no, we've talked about this a lot. Um, there's no conceivable reason why you would run these bots in open that I can imagine except to get on people's nerves, right? So presumably, if you see 15 in open, there's probably a lot more in private and solo that we're not seeing. Well, remind me to talk about why we yeah, posted this get, publicly in the first place. Because well, that's, talk about that's that first, that. Tom. Because so the reason, so we've been holding on to this information for quite some time Since now, June, and September. we've been working on uh, working, trying to work with Frontier to uh, sort of help them. Hey, look, this guy, this guy, this one, this one, this one, this one. Now find a way to make some algorithm that you can detect it. And um, and they, we we've come to a breaking point where we feel like they're just not doing it. Uh, it's just not taking place, and we know that if we're being hit with bots, then for sure all the other powers are almost for sure also being hit with. Well, bots. It's, it's not just that we're seeing we're seeing similar uh, patterns right, right. in in what's happening with us that we know are bots with other powers. So we're pretty certain that we've gone at, that they've branched out that we're seeing an epidemic of bots uh, so farming we've gone public, money and things. Yeah, we've gone public with it in the hopes that uh, first of all. First of all, we didn't want it to go public with it because there's a couple, you know, double-edged swords. There's a couple negative effects that could happen. First of all, people could start looking for autopilot programs, and suddenly we have even more bots. Um, uh, but uh, so th the problem with bringing it to light is that you you may actually attract more people to that type of behavior. But at the same time, uh, we felt like um, bringing it to the foresight or the forefront that other powers might then know what to look for as well. A big part of that is to make sure that um, other players, BGS players and power players, understand what's going on. We're, we're basically equipping everyone with the... We're well, what we're hoping we're doing, we're trying to equip people with the knowledge and the tools to to root out this kind of thing. And Jess might be uh, be able to go into the tactics that she's developed to work against them um, and in our BGS and power play. Um, and you can... And, and essentially, we're, gonna, we're, we're hoping that the, the wider community is able to root them out and make it uh, tell FDEV that it is a bigger problem than just our one medium-sized medium -sized faction. Uh, just really quickly, too, uh, uh, Meso mentioned why would they fly in open. Um, we, we kind of figured two theories on that. Uh, the first one being, why would they name their ships? I prep Saholi and Saholi for Mahone and uh, all that kind of stuff. First of all, they're rubbing our nose in it. Uh, so it's it's a matter of pride thing. Um, I, I'm actually, a, I run a software company, mm -hmm. and I, I know uh, open source developers and developers in general tend to like to show off sort of the things that they've done. Um, and uh, so there's there's the whole bragging thing. There's the whole you can't catch me thing. There's the whole trolling thing, because let's face it, they are trolling us or we're trolling us. Their, ship, their commander names, were, a lot of them are troll names. Um, and uh, of course, the other idea is that um, a lot of people, new people coming into the game, don't know how to play power play. And the first instinct they think is to 
they go up in the menu and they see, you know, preparation to expand. Expand must be good. And so uh, I think they named their ships that way and flew an open in hopes that uh, new commanders who don't know the difference would also run prep in Australia. And in fact, that happens. We know for a fact it happens. So basically you get people thinking, oh, that system That must prepped. be the right thing to do. This is this yeah. guy's got a big, nice cutter. You know, we obviously know what he's talking about. And he's named his ship that, so let's move our papers there. But I should point out that after the first ban, that was it. No more open. Mm -hmm. Okay, Sean? Yeah, I've got a few questions, really. Um, maybe that'll be the same questions other people have been asking themselves <laughs> after reading the, the thread. Um I don't think anyone would disagree that botting is harmful for a game. Um, however, in the botting I've seen in other games, there's usually a uh, real money aspect behind it or a, a tangible advantage. You know, for example, I, I would right. pay someone $50 to power level my account and I'd end up with elite status and a gazillion credits or... Um, I can transfer money. In this case, it just seems to be, just is the wrong word, it seems to be a uh, an awful lot of effort to go to what seems, in certainly in my experience, to be a fairly minority way of gameplay. So that's my first question, is why would you bot something like this uh, where it doesn't seem to exist in other parts of the, the game? I've got other questions as well, but I thought I'd give you a chance to answer that one first. So uh, I'll take a stab at it. Um, initially, we thought um, it's one of the other powers. Because let's be honest, I'm sure that there's certain powers that are fifth columning each other. And so we figured it's one of the other powers. Mahon is in first place most weeks. Um, and so we're kind of an obvious target for, for some kind of an attack. So we kind of assumed that it was another power. Um, and uh, that really is the only... Uh, it's weird because we come with, but now we don't even think that. We yeah, it's weird because uh, since this has come out, uh, we could only really see it from a perspective of why us kind of, you know, it, right. it's our little bubble when we're being attacked. So we must think that someone's got something to gain out of it for attacking us. So we thought it was another power. But since this has all kind of come to light, people have really kind of broadened the horizons on, on what we think. It could very easily just be people making money to sell the accounts as as but someone's that doesn't already make sense said the accounts are all trollish names if they can you they know? can yeah uh, get yeah, extra names. The, the names change i suppose but it, I mean, it is very strange i mean i did do a lot of times so i did look on ebay for and the various um i did a google search for elite dangerous accounts for sale and because usually these gold selling websites aren't difficult to find and I couldn't find any examples of accounts that were being sold for real money. Um, now, either my Google Foo isn't very good and I miss them, or the market for it also, because the size of Elite compared to, say, World of Warcraft or other traditional botted games is pretty small. So if I was out to make real money out of it, my market is actually pretty small. I had someone contact me uh, with a kind of, you need to look out for these guys. These guys. I'm not. Oh, I'm not going to say names, but they said these are the guys that you're uh, that are selling those accounts that you. And and he's got his theory that that's what they're doing. Um, so I think there is something out there, uh, whether or not it's on eBay or if it's on a website like Unknown Cheats. I don't know. It, it's. I think that it is definitely. It could be anyone at this point, though. That's the thing. This is just one of many examples of why they're doing it. Okay, Mesa, do you want to just jump in there? 
Yeah, I think malice, uh, malice in this situation doesn't necessarily have to come from established power play communities or even ex-power players. I think back, um, back when Ashling was facing like 300, 400,000 tons a week in uh, Chnumar, um, the people who were doing that to their community were very vocal. And they were very vocal about doing it just because they can. Um, and I have seen I have seen the marketplace links as well. So I think that's definitely an aspect. But I can't imagine that fast tracking, um, right? Fast tracking is the way to build uh, reputation and the way to build credits because you don't get reputation from power play actions. And power play is a credit black hole. Uh, Especially Wait, if you spend all of your time running preps. Did we say they were fast tracking? I uh, I, I'm yeah. pretty certain they're fast tracking. Uh, I but they're, we... they're doing BGS in um, to make up for the fast tracking. So the behavior. So we we've developed a couple methods of sort of tracking their movements through space, and um, it, it seems that they um, uh, at the beginning of the cycle. Uh, so Thursday, um, they're much less active with uh, running papers. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, generally in the, the rare instances I was able to scan them, I'd see them carrying some paper, um, but also carrying uh, cargo and passengers. Um, and then as you get closer to the to cycle night, um, that's when I would see them like fully loaded with papers. And so they, you'd see them come into the station, dock, um, and a few minutes later depart. And it, in the few instances I was able to scan them, they'd be fully loaded 704 merits in their cutter, um, or papers, sorry, in their cutter. And um, so they're certainly fast tracking near the, uh, the end of the, of the cycle. Um, and they're certainly doing BGS at the beginning of the cycle. We really don't think they're power players now because in as well in our sort of ways of sort of following them around in certain ways, um, we've seen them uh, in their attacks on our BGS. They don't fight war. Okay, so uh, we've devised strategy now to protect our BGS against them by putting whatever faction they happen to adopt to push against you into um, wars in other systems or wherever. And as soon as that war starts, uh, they've abandoned us. Mm -hmm. um, and we've actually seen them go and attack another faction. Um, and that faction is not even in the bubble. Um, and uh, so, you know, my theory that it might have been another power uh, who was running the bots, or maybe they had hired some mercenary group or something, I don't know, um, completely out the window because th these people aren't even alliance. These people aren't even involved in power play in the slightest bit. They're not even in the human, po human populated bubble. So why do the bots go there? And then as soon as the faction they were pushing against us comes out of war, boom, they come right back to us again. And so they're bouncing around. Um, motivation eludes me. I just can't get my head around why. Okay, Sean? Yeah, I've got a, a, a whole list of questions I've been thinking, so I'm not really I'm not really picky on you. It's just I kind of been saving them up as I've been reading the topic. Um, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of thinking that. I mean, one of the things that actually a kind of a thought could be counterproductive uh, is that the end of the post it has a big word ultimatum, uh, and uh, for, in my mind, if you issue something an ultimatum, particularly if you're a player you automatically kind of undermine your position 
You because have to understand. You, I, I realize it's important, but yeah, how would no, you... the, so I think from our perspective, it's it's uh, it's uh, appropriate because we uh, in my last ticket with FDEV, uh, there was a lot of communication back and forth between them and I um, about this, and it, and it, a whole lot of time took place in between we were being hit now by 15 accounts and we were just being decimated by these bots and it got to the point where i had said to frontier look at our players we have we've actually lost players from the game they've actually quit uh you know playing elite dangerous because of these bots because of their frustration and it was getting to the point where i said to frontier look at if you guys don't take action right now on these bots um we're going to have to go open with this. Like we're going to have to, you know, bring this out in the open and let people know. It's, and it's, it's, and it was no coincidence the next day uh, that ticket was finally closed and all 15 of those accounts disappeared for another 30 days. So if I may on that automated, yeah, because I wrote, I wrote yeah, that, uh, that automated amount. Um, the automating probably is uh, what everyone's getting hung up with. I've had a, quite a few conversations with people about why that automatum is a bad thing. Um, if you actually ignore the word automatum and read what I put in it, I don't think anything that is any of it is particularly unreasonable. I think that actually being able to combat these these bots in game through both FDEVs, FDEV having better tools and playing players having better tools, I think that will uh, exponentially increase the ability for people to to detect them and counter them. Um, even simple things like station services, just having a better description of what's going on in the system and things like that. Um, the other thing as well was the the five pound sales. I mean, they can do what they want. I'm not telling them to sell their game at whatever price that I dictate, but I'm just saying that that's something that they need to take into account. The fact that they're selling the game at a a, a low rate to allow them to to pick bots back up again whenever they they ban them or shadow ban them. I have two things to follow up. I think. First, your comment about sales uh, of the game, or rather selling the game at a lower price point. Um, I, play pub I play PUBG, and I remember I was watching Shroud stream, and he talked about how he felt that the developer, I can't remember, the developer of that oh. game should never put the game on sale, because when you put the game on sale, it makes it easier for people to hack the game for shits and giggles, and then when they get banned, they just buy it cheap, and they continue that process, and it's similar to what you're talking about. As far as the ultimatum goes, I think you made, ex you did exactly the right thing. I think you did what you had to do, and I think that there's a responsibility that comes with leadership in a community like a power community where if you are asking your commanders every week to spend their time and their credits running preps to counter this, you need to be able to show to them right. that you are doing everything in your power to make sure that this issue has the attention of the developers and the community if necessary. I think that if I were in Mahone and I were a random pledge watching this happen and I saw you guys saying nothing in public, I would start to get upset uh, because power play leaders uh, or power play um, coordinators, whatever you want to call them, we ask a lot of our communities. Um, and it's not always fun. And they do it anyway. Uh, and it's important to show respect for them. We've I like this guy. Jess, where did you find him? Yeah, I think he should switch over to uh, <laughs> uh, We have actually lost... Uh, some really big players, some uh, some of our biggest biggest paper haulers who who you know th they actually move fifty sixty thousand 
minutes a week for power play, they've quit because they're working against bots. They're, they're spending all this time hauling papers against bots. And I've said to Frontier, we don't mind working against other players. That's the whole point of power play. It's, it's players versus players and, and who can do the most work. Um, but when it's bots, it's a complete waste of time, isn't it? And so we've lost a lot of players. And I know, I suspect now that this has gone public and people start noticing and looking for behaviors and start realizing that they, in fact, may also be being worked against as bots. If Frontier doesn't do something about it, they may be losing more and more players in the game, not just you know, Mayhem, but um, players in general. I mean, I think I've, I've looking at the, the response, it was the word ultimatum, I think, that kind of raised a red flag. And I mean, I've, I've, I've led guilds and I, under, I completely understand the frustrations of players leaving because there are mechanics they, they don't like and things. Um, as for the paying the, the refiver thing, do you think, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, do you think that Frontier is seeing, well, actually, monetarily, we're gaining more players because it's five, it's five pounds than we're losing because of this. So from a business and player-based point of view, the, it, it makes more sense to keep the players that, and have new players than have, than have right. these ones. I would, um, say to that, I, I would say to that that you, I think people underestimate the scale of which this problem is. Well, you said there's 16 players that you've identified. Right. So let me just elaborate quickly. I see lots of people wanting to talk here. Um, let me just elaborate really quickly. On the on that second ban, when those 15 accounts disappeared, that was in January. Um, in January, Frontier had that sale. Um, and now the system that the bots had been attacking us in with our against our BGS um, is a very low traffic system. And I started noticing high traffic in that system. And so I parked my alt outside the station. And all of a sudden, I was counting um, newbie account after newbie account after newbie, all in T6s, all with uh, trolley ship names, all with exactly the same loadouts. Um, and they were all working. It's, so during that those that big ban with the 15 accounts that were seemed to be, anyway, terminated or gone, some of them have returned, by the way, but um, I started noticing what I'm calling baby bots. Um, so whoever's running the bots went out and purchased a whole lot of new accounts, all in type sixes now, uh, working against our BGS. Pretty soon they'll be in type nines. And interestingly, on the fifth week, and they're all pledged Mahone, on the fifth week, which would be the week that they could start voting, our consolidation vote, which was usually around 80%, dropped to 60% in one hour. The bots all voted. Okay, Grant, can you just jump in there? Well, yeah, well, other than picking up in, when you say alt, do, do you mean your bot? No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> David Braben himself talked about way back in the original Kickstarter and when the original leaked, uh, when Dangerous came out, that first build, he talked about the cost of griefing in the game. And when you talk about one griefer can lose, and it was a ridiculous number. 50. Yeah. One griefer loses 50. That's, I knew someone would remember the number. So when you're talking yeah. about, Shan, when you're asking that question of how much effect does it have, massive effect. When you, And this is one of the things when um, I disagree with publishing cheaters. Because one side of things, um, when you say that a game has banned 2 million people for cheating, um, on one side, way, they're getting rid of all the cheaters. On the other side, 2 million cheaters. Are you chuffing kidding me? 
um, yeah. is the other response. And I think that Frontier are very aware that in certain circumstances, you are far better saying absolutely nothing about it and being able to act about it. And then, of course, what always happens, having been a forum mod, and I don't think it's um, unimaginable for any of you guys to, to put yourself in this situation, when you take action against any individual, you have to then spend six weeks listening to them backtrack, nitpick, and pick semantics at the bullshit when they know fine well what they were intending when they wrote the comment. And then you have to act on fact, not on what you know to be true. And so there'll yes. be an awful lot of cases where Elite will have the, oh, well, you know, that's my daughter's account and her best pal was round and he did that uh, on this gov. And you've got to go, is that realistic? Okay, well, we've got to give them the benefit of the doubt first time. And then second time, you hammer them. And the thing about that situation is having the ability to act with tact and also enact is much easier to do without publishing so I think if they were to be far more open in these circumstances it's going to have more damage and actually restrict the ability to be flexible and also could piss off people when they realise the scale of, of cheating that's going on as much as we don't know just now so you can't really go oh Elite's full of cheats but when you see PUBG has 2 million people banned in one, one round of bans then you know that game is full of flipping cheats because for that 2 million people they're going to be back and I think the sales price is it's a, it's a two-ended sword they've got to make money to keep the servers going but I agree, when you undervalue your product, it becomes disposable. And I think they've made the lower end games, the core game, disposable and an ideal I marketplace agree. for people to test bots, to test cheats, and not worry about losing the accounts. I hugely agree. Mm. Mysa? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a really great, great point about the product being disposable. I wanted to step back to uh, what Tom and Trinity were saying about uh, people leaving fatigue. And I think this also carries back to Shan's point about um, that calculus that businesses have to do uh, when they talk about where to spend their money, right? Where to spend their resources, how to price their products, what they gain and what they lose and how it affects the community. Um, fatigue and power play is not something new, right? I mean, power play, how long have you guys been pledged, Tom, Trinity? Uh, I've been uh, pledged since about, about a year myself. I've been pledged since week 10, I think, or week yeah. 5, something like that. So I pledged uh, week 14, and we're on week 146. Mm -hmm. uh, and power play fatigue is not something new. Power play is a... We have a long and wondrous history of massive bugs that break the mode uh, for long periods of time. And we're, we're in one of those uh, periods now, not just because of um, the bots, but also because of the 3.0 issues mentioned yeah. earlier. Uh, and when you talk about making an ultimatum and how Frontier runs that calculus as far as griefers and people who are in an organized community and you know extra sales, well, I think in PowerPlay's case... Uh, with all respect to Frontier, I don't mean to sound, you know, sour grapes or bitter, but that decision has been made. Um, if Frontier wanted to prioritize power play, 
and ensure that issues like this, which the average player is not going to care about this, right? You're only going to care about this if you are in a power <laughs> or you're really active in BGS, which is a very small power part of the community. Um, Tell that to the Frontier, <laughs> If Frontier were willing to solve these issues and make power play fixed, whatever that means, then we would have seen some meaningful development in power play over the last three years. And we really haven't. Um, and so I think taking, I think expecting frontier to fix this issue while you sit quietly and forward more and more reports, it's just not realistic. I think bringing it to the forefront of the community and creating community awareness and saying, Hey, this is happening. And even if you don't care about power play, even if you don't care about BGS, yeah. you care about the game. Uh, and you need to know about this. I think it's, yeah, you made the right call again. And I respect Frontier and I understand the situations that they're making, but I think, you know, sometimes you have to make some noise. It wasn't an easy call because we didn't want to go open with it. We were really hoping Frontier would step up. Okay, Grant, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not particularly, no one's really a fan of ultimatums, but there's a point at which if you are an active leader of a game and you're not putting yourself above other players, I, I totally accept that because um, being one of the sort of founders of the Hut and Druckers, we have embraced the backgrounds and we found an awful lot of joy in it. And we've also sat and watched influence and systems drop to 1% without being able to do a jack jobby about it because it's <laughs> and and sitting there thinking you know well okay look we've got a group we've got maybe what two three thousand members uh we're privileged to be part of the sort of triple a gaming groups i don't know how well that's panned out because i'm not involved in those meetings but we have that wonderful way of being able to feedback information to frontier about the things that work and don't work but you know if we start to wane if we start to be disillusioned how are we going to encourage our 3,000 members to stay involved in the game? And if you start being in a situation where you are in charge of your powers and you're, you know, you're running an op a rather large group of players or even, even a small group of players, if you give up, then you lose mm -hmm. all those players. You don't just lose one player, you lose all those players. So it's really important that you, there's an avenue for you to give feedback to Frontier. And it's even more important for you to have feedback from that avenue to pass back to your players. So um, obviously, as I say, we're part of the AAA group. So we have got these, I don't even know how regular the meetings are. They used to be quite regular way back when it started. And then I've heard less and less about them. Uh, it's not myself that's part of them. But occasionally we get that feedback and, and we have the ability and a good relationship with Frontier to be able to say, oh, by the way, we've noticed that this isn't working right and this is wrong. And if a group does this, then this is what happens. And they look at it and if they can do something about it, they say, yeah, we can look into that. And then sometimes they don't and it starts to sort of grain and we've lost many of our kind of lead background sim people just because they burn out they get sick and tired well, of and chasing it, circles and i can only imagine that having bots yeah. in our system undermining us and you know people who aren't even there putting the effort in to piss us we love being pissed yeah. off but we love being pissed off by people who engage. <laughs> we don't want to think that some wee sod's got six clients running right. on their one machine 24 hours a day and it's undoing our being players' is my favorite pastime. work 
and our uh, fun, uh, you know, because the guys have put hours in. We do hours and hours and hours of gameplay. As you say, it's not always fun, but you put in the hard work because you're working with a group of friends to have a laugh and a giggle mm-hmm. and enjoy the game. And but if it, that's it, removed... It, it, we up. want people to know that it, it's not just power play. If if whoever's running the bots chooses your faction to attack your faction, they will just annihilate you, and and they will annihilate your morale, not just your influence in your system, but they'll just drain you to nothing. We were four weeks with uh, uh, before we had a strategy to work against the bots. Um, before we figured out a strategy, we literally every single day, fifty to one hundred million. Uh, or, um, sorry, 50 to 100 missions every single day between all of our commanders and still losing influence. Um, and we did that every single day for That's well over a month. Demo- and I mean, we I, lost people. I that was totally, totally understand the need for taking some kind of drastic feedback action because you're just, you know, you're, you're basically left there watching your, your friends and, you know, long term player group yeah. mates just give up uh, and over something that is and this is where it comes down to it's tantamount to cheating it's cheating so therefore it has to be a priority because it comes onto that list of frontiers um, you know they, they have to be anti-cheat they have to be strong they say they are and therefore they have to be seen now whereas they might not be able to engage with you directly maybe it's time for them to look at some kind of um, forum like the treble A groups uh, contact that they have for I don't actually know what the, the intentions of these the contact is. Obviously, it's, it's really good to have uh, contact with your big player groups so that you can find out what they're planning and what they're up to and be able mm-hmm. to encourage that if just for the fact that you are encouraging gameplay and encouraging new players to enjoy things. Maybe it's time they started engaging with the power play groups that way. Maybe Absolutely. it should be a case of um, being able to have, like for the Hunt and Truckers, we have our own mini player groups, so we have our own management team that's nominated maybe in powers that would be helpful because at the moment what you have is you've got a number of different groups involved in power play who might all be working for the same power but in different ways we, we've got we've got that we've got a, a power play discord that we can contact the devs on but it's kind of the, the ugly sister of the of, uh, game plays styles so it doesn't really get that much loved and I think uh, power play was not really intended to be something that had uh, clear leadership, which is how it's panned out, but it's it's complicated. <laughs> well, we've learned that over recent you know recent shows and things, and we've had is a fascination. The background sim is something that I I thoroughly love the way it works, and it's kind of more natural than the postman pat simulator that I call power play. Um, and it, and that's not to be demeaning to power play because I can see the subtleties. Yes, it was let's, let's no, no, no. I just call it. I call it post impact simulator because it just seems to be all I do all the time when I was in power play was deliver letters, and so therefore I just didn't. I didn't enjoy it. But it is strategy. I have learned with, with, since with our boots on the ground. It's work. Yeah. But yeah. I, I've seen. I've seen our our war for Lave Station brought power play 
and the background sim links into clear focus for me and I saw that you know these oh. things are separate but they are very much need to work together so much so that this. as a player faction you can do something innocent and then realise you've just brought the powers down on you and frankly that's kind of cool as a game mechanic you know you're innocently expanding left right and centre and then you just take the wrong system and the power there goes oh, oh, oh hold on a minute that's that's affecting our bottom line uh, that you're not going to have that and I love that idea but it's it's again that murky unseen um, gameplay that you can't see to get into until you're in it and unfortunately generally speaking of my first experiences of joining a power uh, is collecting my new ship at the nearest station yeah, quickly but, Shan get in there <laughs> yeah no no it's fine I've got I've got a segue to the end so but uh, um, regarding the the ultimatum bit which is, is still what I'm hung up on because what my concern is is okay let's say you you, ha you say here's an ultimatum we'll bring this public we'll do this and this and this Frontier then say okay we've done this what's the stop the next group of people with an issue to grind they find frustrating uh, where does it stop because uh, otherwise what it becomes it becomes a big sort of petitioning of ultimatums no okay so of, I think everyone's that. getting I think everyone's getting very hung up over the word ultimatum because it's not about telling if they what needs to be done. It's about suggesting to them the right course of action in order to combat these things. It's a suggestion. No one's telling them, oh, well, we're, you know, we have something on you, FDEV. Let's do that. I, I, I personally, I'm, I'm the one that brought out that ultimatum and I hate seeing that on the forums and on the Reddit, how people are telling FDEV how they should make their game. I don't think that's at all what any, any player should do. None of us have got a background in game design. None of us have got, uh, well, most of us don't, at least. And a lot of the people that I see with that attitude don't. I'm not interested in telling FDEV what they need to do, uh, what, what they should be doing or how they have to do things. I'm just interested in coming to a conclusion, coming to a, a, a way of, coming yeah, to yeah. a, you know. So did you, you not get that in your conversations privately with them? Or I mean, why? Why? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, I agree. The, the word "ultimatum" was an unfortunate word, and I think that's probably what triggered our, our me. Conversations with them were were very uh, unsatisfying. Um, um, to to be clear, I remember this being reported in the Power Play Leaders and Frontier Discord in like September. It's been six months. Yeah, it's this That's has a been long a long time. This has been ongoing. Uh, uh, um, but well, an enemy that doesn't get tired, doesn't get exhausted, yeah. doesn't get Yeah, I, I'm just looking, sorry, at the end of the post, just to kind of like put it in contact. There's a list of things that you're, you're we want, etc. And then it's it's a list of, of, of things that you want to see happen. Mm -hmm. um, now, I, personally, if I was writing the post, I think I would have reworded that to make it less confrontational, but anyway that's probably what's hung up yeah, what, 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 what i will say what, what, what i will ask is and hopefully it'll segue to the end and end things on a positive note is i, I don't think I'm, I'm i'm too far from the truth by saying most players don't care about power play they don't care about the background sim all they want to do is make their credits go wherever the profit is and buy bigger ships what could you say to encourage them to get involved in the complexities and nuances of power play. In other words, what can you say to make them care about this issue and the background sim and all this stuff to try and, you know, bring it to the fore? Because I think by, by putting a positive spin on it, then it then helps raise the, the issue rather than just saying it's a small group of people who's doing this. I think there's sort of a natural progression in the game. Um, 
when you first sign up for the game, it takes everything just to figure out how to play the damn game and how to fly your ship. Um, and then uh, eventually it becomes you want to make money, and then it becomes that you want to uh, get bigger ships. Um, and eventually you get all the ships, and then what is there to do? Either you get into PvP combat, or, or maybe you enjoy strategy. And strategy, if strategy is your gameplay, that's where BGS comes in. And if next level strategy, then power play. I just saw someone in your chat say uh, say pretty damn interesting. Never realised this existed. So I think I think quite a few people. I think it's a it's a big portion of the player base that enjoys power play and BGS. I'm, I think this affects quite a few people. I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Well, I mean, I was. I mean, I was going to come to the point where um, a lot of people's perception of power play it seems to be some kind of end game PvP mode. I mean, th there is more to it than that, I'm assuming. Oh, so much. Because, because um, as has been highlighted in some of our other notes, delivering pamphlets is not considered PvP, <laughs> <laughs> or the oh. postman pat approach. Um, can, can you actually give it, people the idea that there's more to it than delivering pamphlets? Um, so... First of all, I would say, Mahone, you guys, uh, at least in this setting, are going to say that you guys don't undermine, right? You don't no, undermine, we don't. do you? We, right. We do not. So if you are a combat pilot and you are in Mahone, what do you do? You fight wars, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, being a power player for Mahone is very, very different yeah. than being a power player for Petraeus because Petraeus is engaged in a constant conflict with the federal powers and uh, the Kumo crew. So we have a very different experience. And if you're interested in PvP or you're interested in combat for a larger purpose, that's a really good way to go, um, is to join a power like an Imperial power or a federal power or Kumo uh, or uh, Grom. If you're interested in building an empire, or not not literally an empire like Arisa Lavini Duvall in this uh, situation, but if you're interested in like empire building, then maybe you want to join a power that is more peaceful. <laughs> but regardless of the power you join, you're going to have an opportunity to work on a shared goal on a larger scale than you're going to be able to do uh, elsewhere in the game. So. We have player factions in Petraeus, and we have the power, and we have PvP, and we have undermining, we have fortification and trade, and all these different things. And every aspect of the game really rolls together to support the power and the community that supports the power. Um, and if people are looking for a material reason why they should care about this particular issue, uh, Sirius has lost some of their very best outfitting systems, including some that conveniently sold the Imperial Cutter mm. as a result of sabotage um, and mechanics that we're fighting against and mechanics that we're talking about that are being used by these bots that Trinity has talked so much about. Um, if you care about that kind of thing, then, uh, hey, that's that's a go go to uh, reddit.com slash r slash elite serious. Go help them out. <laughs> they need you. They do. So, I mean, one of the things that I've, I've got to ask about this, it's, um, I mean, how do you feel about the fact that um, it's, it's, there's a lot of these power bounties are coming in as a kind of incentive for consensual PvP? So if you want to PvP, then basically power play is really the place you need to go. It, no, 
I mean, yeah. I think we, we were talking about this on another server, and I think the, the long and the short of it is it's not um, for, for so many reasons. Um, I don't know how much time you want us to talk about this, so I'll try and keep it short and sweet since I think in theory this is what I was uh, going to talk about. But um, somebody from the Kumo crew, a commander, said that one of the big differences is that in power play PvP, tends to be ganks. You're not looking for even fights, whereas in uh, structured PvP that a lot of the lead visible PvP groups are interested in, you're not going to get something like that. In power play, because you are trying to intercept commanders who have merits, right? You have uh, cargo or you have merits from undermining that you're holding for a snipe. PvP is a risk for the commander holding those merits, um, which means that a lot of those commanders are going to be risk adverse. And if you try to incentivize power play in a way that makes those commanders or makes those interactions more meaningful, as long as commanders have the option of going into private or solo, you, you can still always opt out, right? I mean, PvP is an opt-in, opt-out thing in this game, um, in my opinion. Uh, and I think th the kind of PvP that I think a lot of people see in power play most often is well, you know, I've been out hunting or I've been doing whatever and I'm going to go cycle around hotspots. So I'm going to fly to Kamadenu, I'm going to fly to Kuvio, I'm going to fly to Ria, I'm going to fly to Nanamam, and I'm just going to kill as many haulers as I can. Well, the people you're killing are probably uh, in like type sixes and stuff like that. Yeah. So, And it doesn't have much impact. Right. Well, obviously there's going to be a lot more discussion on the uh, on power play and also on the fact the bots not only affect power play or and the bsg in the future but for the moment we're going to leave that there just to cover the community news before we run out of time uh so it's <laughs> quite all right we'll have we a good go visit. on I mean, we, you know we've got another couple of hours to say yeah another show maybe. We, won't, we won't take any more of your time <laughs> Don't worry, we could probably invite you back for some of some of the uh, the other features when it comes around again. <laughs> so, um, just quickly touching on the rest of the community news or community corridor so far, um, Ben, you're the expert on this one. So, what's this about the Sagittarius Eye? Or is Ben away again? Ah, well, did he ever come back? He said he was away a wee while ago. I wonder if he's just have we scared him off. Yeah, I think it was something along sort of Jack Jobby or something like that. I think that must have <laughs> that must have really done him in. Anyway, I can cover that. The the, the the March edition of Sagittarius I is now out, and uh, once again the quality is just superb. They they continue to amaze me with the quality of not only the. Um, the presentation, but also the um, the quality of the writing and the articles as well. So, hats off to those guys. Um, Late radio is mentioned in the Sagittarius I um, issue. Uh, I'm not quite Garish. sure about the description, though, to yeah. be honest. But Garish color schemes. <laughs> Garish, we're orange. <laughs> is that what they say? Yeah, we've got Garish color schemes on our sidewinder. <laughs> I'm, I'm offended. Uh, <laughs> in other news, we also have... Um, this came completely out of surprise for us. We had on last week um, uh, John and Oliver from EDRPG, and we weren't expecting any more of these um, uh, 
uh, any more of these supplements for another two or three months. And then lo and behold, bang, drops down the super trader um, ED RPG supplement. So uh, for those of you who have kickstarted, that should be in, in your inbox now. And for those of you who are uh, want to know more, uh, go have a look on the ED RPG website. Uh, Grant, you want to say something? <laughs> no, I'm just winding you up. Oh, that's okay then. Not just saying this, IJ, you know, they pick really good writers. They really do. They're, 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 their ability to choose and, and uh, refuse is, is obviously very high. <laughs> oh, you've had something refused, have you? But they are colorblind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, moving on. Um, Obviously, there has been a new Jurassic World Evolution game, just moving outside of the world of Elite Dangerous for a second. Uh, ten out of ten gold blooms. Who was jealous of Zach and, and Bo then? You know what? <coughs> if, there, if there was a member of the cast that I would be really excited to meet, Jeff Goldblum is not it. For all the amazing <laughs> films that he has made, and all, you know, I, I've loved an awful lot of them. I have no desire to meet that lanky weirdo. Whoa. <laughs> but he'll be with you for the whole game. I know, it's putting me right off. <laughs> Would you have gone for Sam Neill or Laura Dern? Or? Yes, you know what, Sam Neill, absolutely. I've got a feeling I could have a conversation that would be mostly on this planet with Sam Neill or Laura Dern, who looked amazing in the old uh, Last Jedi, which I finally caught up with and wish to all goodness that that is indeed the Last Jedi. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, perhaps this is just Frontier branching out into more voice packs for their other games. You, you know, I've got, a, oh, I've got, I've got a secret. Packs. I've got a secret, and I cannot share with you this secret. And it's oh, not, shut up! Then. It's not related to uh, Elite or Frontier, but it is related to Jurassic World. And we are sitting with bated. Are breath. you going to be in it? No, Are you going to be in yeah, it? Yeah. If you just look, when the tail of the Tyrannosaurus Rex goes up, you'll see me waving at you. Um, <laughs> You're the first victim, aren't you? <laughs> I am not in Jurassic Park, no. But it's one of these things that it's like, uh, oh, crikey, it's, it's quite an exciting bit of news. So, um, it, yeah, I have to wait and see. I have to wait and see what's happening. Um, <sighs> and then be able to tell My it. God, Grant, you can really go with the vague booking here, can't you? Well, it's got nothing to do with Jeff Goldblum, and I give him one out of two Goldblums, you know. <laughs> one out of two Goldblums? Well, that's five out of ten, so that's all right. So, if basically, if you had get, uh, Goldblum in front of you, you'd give him one. No, I know. You know, I wouldn't be. Un I wouldn't be unpolite. I certainly wouldn't call him a lanky weirdo to his face. But uh, I don't know. You know, there's just, there's this people that you know, like Chris Pratt. You could definitely see yourself having a, a giggle and a laugh with Chris Pratt. But Jeff Goldblum, even in the pictures, <laughs> you know, of Zach and Ed. <laughs> You just get that over well. You know what? Like, okay, so here we go, right? You get an opportunity, no. Colin. And this is for you, Colin, right? You've got an opportunity. No. You've got an envelope, and there's three people that you get to meet, all right? No. <laughs> like so you have the choice of Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Wow. Oh, God, who saw that one coming? Um, Mick Hucknall or Theresa May. 
<laughs> I can't believe you don't want to meet Jeff Goldblum. Nah. All right. Wow. <laughs> I think Maybe if you were an American, you would understand no, the sensual to... appeal of Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> he's ageless. He's he's beyond style. He's a movie superstar. Beyond style is just a clever way of saying he hasn't Jurassic got any. And, and Oscar-winning Jeff Goldblum from Buckaroo Banzai. How how could you the not? Fly. I mean, I, I told. I mean, I appreciate his the fly. movies. Ooh, that's a. I appreciate his he movies. Went on Actor Studio talking about. He that. saw Gina Davis naked, right? But you know that was back then. <laughs> This is now, he's gone from being a normal human being to being corrupted by his amazing ability to act and it's left him just being a little bit strange. As I think but, a lot but of- if you meet him, Gina Davis naked by proxy. <laughs> is that how it works? I, I mean, you know, if you're looking for a reason to justify meeting him- Oh no, hold on a minute, that means I've seen my it. brother's penis by proxy. Oh, oh God. all right. Uh, we went there. I'm new here, but might be a good time to wrap. <laughs> yeah. So that just happened. Oh no, no, we're into the the six degrees of separation from Simus. No, 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 no. <laughs> Grant, shush for the rest of the episode. Just shush. <laughs> right. <clears throat> it does seem that um, relogging after a military. Uh, mission might be required. Does anybody have anything on this? I, I think this is related to the, um, the the no navy mission spawning bug that people have found. I think people have tried relogging um, to not much effect. But I guess if you're desperate to rank, have a rank up mission, uh, it's worth trying. Yeah, I think it was people seeing rank up missions for the rank that they'd just done. Uh, and they, the, the way you clear that is relogging. <laughs> and the the other thing is that uh, uh, YouTube streamer Yamix has released a top five best looking ship uh, video. <laughs> and the chieftain wasn't in it. I'm so mad. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. How many Goldblums does Yamix's top five ships get? <laughs> and um, I haven't. I must admit, I haven't actually seen that, but. Uh, I actually don't rate the Chieftain for looks, personally. It, um, although, if you see, I think I mentioned this on last week's show, but if you see the first uh, Pacific Rim trailer, you know, the new film, um, when they're lowering one of the Jaegers in place, if you look up, there are some Chieftain-looking ships lowering a Jaeger down onto the ground in the, in, in the trailer. Those, those do look like quadcopters, though. Isn't the Chieftain kind of generic, though? I mean, well, I like chief. it, but... Yeah. <laughs> so we only are, have one they, bloody ship. I'm, okay, let's I'm, call it I'm, an alliance they, chieftain. They I'm, I'm going. I'm going to have to stop the the chieftain love just for a second, uh, and I'm going to regret saying this. Grant, do you have anything about this U.S. pizza meat? <laughs> oh, what? I can tell you that Joe Goldman uh, rated it five out of seven. <laughs> Oh my god, right, okay, so yes, we obviously have had pizza meats all over the UK and an awful lot of times you get people getting in touch um, saying, oh, why is there never anything where I am? And we kind of really have pushed these pizza meats as hard as we can on people to say, if you are in that situation where there's never a meat near you, find your local pizza store, 
get in touch with you know a forum group just say you're going to have it pick a date go for it and then if you've only got three people there that's three more than you were expecting and just keep doing them and so out of all oh, the hunting truckers we had uh, this amazing pizza meat uh, creep up and the photographs from the place in fact one of my childhood friends i went to school with um called uh, nick edge he now lives in the u.s and um he is he was at the pizza meet so it's really bizarre to see someone that you've not seen for years at one of these pizza meets it just shows you how the community in the world is actually quite small they had an amazing time they traveled from all over the place to it was a strange little name i can't remember what it was called um funny because it sounded like it was in the uk let me have a look and see if i can find on it for you give me a second because um, the the guy that that yeah it was Jason Lessard who who hosted it uh, North American West Coast Pizza Meet and as a result of what he experienced which is what always happens with these things you do one and then the next thing you know is you can't not do another one we have now done five or six in Glasgow we'll be having our seventh in April and it'll just continue to go like that and even if there's only like four or five of you that meet up on a regular basis it's that sort of solid basis that makes other people come along because they know there's going to definitely be some people there and it's just really nice to have that relaxed social meeting you know you're just going out for a meal so there's no worries about content or venues or anything at all just a good pizza meet have a try have a couple of beers and then you will make new friends and then you will do more pizza meats and then you will spread that love to your local area and then before we know it everybody will be having pizza meats everywhere uh, so finally moving on um we'll just like to touch that LaveCon 2018 is still set for the 8th and the 10th of june um we haven't had any update about lately about the second round of tickets. We do know that they're still having problems with uh, some of the backup issues or the restoration of some of the backups. So um, just please bear with, uh, and as soon as Karen lets us know, we'll let you know. Uh, on top of that, we have the CQC Discord. For all those people who would like to play CQC but um, don't know how to, uh, if you go to uh, discord.me slash CQC, then you will find like-minded commanders to, uh, uh, to shoot. And uh, finally, we have also the website EDWT. RB, which will allow you to wing up, allow you to eBay trade, it will allow you to look for role-playing groups, and it will allow you to invoke, get yourself involved in consensual bounty hunting. Uh, please sign up. The more people who sign up with that, the better. And finally, uh, how many people have we got with us in-game? Or is that also Ben's department? No, I've got some, I've got some guys in-game. Let me, go, let me just go jump onto the PS4. Obviously not out in the PC game where I'm living miles away and there's nobody on the Xbox at the current minute. Um, but let's go and have a look at the commander names that are currently outside. We have Commander Axonis89, uh, Commander Inutasho, and Commander Zach Fair 3223 who joined me on the PlayStation 4 tonight. Uh, and have been slowly bouncing off my shields once we managed to get the um, instancing going. Is Ben about? No, he's still missing. Uh, On the PC, we've got uh, Commander Missanoviant and 
Commander Miggles hanging around outside Low Station still. There were others, but they've mostly left now. I was just about to say, um, Colin, how well you did on the pronunciation of your website without going into Buck Rogers mode. Damn, I was hoping to go into Buck Rogers mode. <sighs> so, also following... Have, uh, sorry, we, there was a question from chat. Uh, any news from Chris uh, about the next uh, service gate velocity? Well, we do know that he's, he, episodes uh, three and four came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, as far as Chris, we, he hasn't let us know anything new for the moment, um, but he will probably... I think he's aiming to try and get uh, episodes out on a Sunday. So, it, without any uh, any formal announcement, keep your keep your ears peeled this Sunday and see what happens. Well, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago that he had episode three remastered and out on the radio that Sunday as well. Uh, if you are a backer of his Patreon, then you'll get the information as they're coming out in a wee sort of pre-release and access to the original. Because I think he twitches them as well, doesn't he? He does, he does. He twitches them as well, and we've now had the episode three and episode four released. So, uh, which, yeah. If you want to, yeah. to be proxy to Chris Jarvis's body parts, then you can, you can join <laughs> oh, him God. on his Twitch stream. I've still got a spiel to do at the end, Grant, you numpty. Right. <clears throat> also, we should point out that Peter Witherspoon, level three, <laughs> will... <laughs> what are we going to call this show? You guys are terrible. <laughs> so Peter Witherspoon will be reading the news at the end of the show. Is that what you're about to say, Colin? Yes! <laughs> Great, a host that can't keep his composure. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And breathe, and breathe, it's fine. I'm sorry, my voice seemed to have gone. I'll, I'll, I'll take over it if, if, if there's anything else to add. Um, no, it's okay. We'll say, I'm fine. I'm fine, honest. It's okay, yes. Uh, right, well, that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, <laughs> you're going to start. <laughs> <laughs> Always leave them laughing. <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com <laughs> or Facebook slash radio. Uh, you can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash radio, or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat. Lave Radio is Definitely recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh, 20.30, that's 8.30pm, and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us, and thanks to those commanders who have joined uh, uh, Cow & Co. outside the live station. And until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Safe one to space can be done. Ah!
Digest 20th of March 3304. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, help for hobos. We scare because we care. Tamara continues from scientists, supporters. Help for hobos. The Alliance of Anarchic Unallied States plans to come to the rescue of commanders with hot ships. Currently, it's impossible to perform outfitting on ships with fines or bounties issued against them, something that's seriously inconveniencing both murder hobos and those who accidentally clipped a police viper with a stray shot. This applies even in anarchy systems. Now, applying rules means that these anarchies are not in fact acting like anarchies at all. Because if there's one rule you should be able to be sure of in an anarchy, it's that there shouldn't be any rules. The anarchies have discussed this logical conundrum and have come to the conclusion that if they want to continue to be called anarchies, they'd better get rid of any rules. And that means that they plan to start allowing even the naughtiest, most notorious no-goods to take bits off their ships and store them in the lockup under Docking Bay 40. Continuing a fine tradition of impartiality, started by the petrochemical companies of the early 20th century, refuelling facilities will be available to all commanders at all stations, in anarchies or otherwise. Regardless of what crimes they've committed, energy companies really don't care if you're a criminal. As long as you help them, turn a profit. We scare because we care. Aegis Research has claimed a success in the Huviang Day system. Following a tip-off received from the Aegis Eagle Eye Network, commanders were able to wipe out the Thargoid threat in that system before the Acela starport there could be attacked. Of course, there's no definite evidence that the Thargoids plan to attack the station, but they certainly aren't going to now, with reports that the Thargoids have disappeared completely from that one system. Following this apparent setback, 
the Thargoid operations team has started issuing reputation change notices to commanders who've been engaged in combat with the Thargoids, stating that these commanders have been demoted to a reputational status of unfriendly. However, the Thargoids leave the door open, stating that commanders can restore their reputation with the Thargoids by successfully completing operations, perhaps by the supply of meta-alloys or occupied escape pods, or just by getting the hell out of the Pleiades. Aegis Research has appealed for commanders to continue following up leads from the Eagle Eye Network. Clamour continues from the scientists' supporters. There have been numerous calls this week for a tribute to be created in the galaxy for the great 21st century physicist, Professor Stephen Hawking, who died 1,286 years ago. Residents of Hawking Terminal in Oduduro are said to be particularly keen to have an outpost named after the great man. Whereas the occupants of Hawking Ring in Maya favour naming an Orbis starport after the Professor. The planetary outpost of Hawking Landing in Locanti has also weighed in, suggesting that a surface base on a high metal content planet such as theirs, with high levels of nickel and cadmium suitable for powering a wheelchair, would be an ideal candidate for a memorial. The Pilots' Federation is reported not to be keen on the idea, although this may be partly because their last attempt to commemorate the famous scientist with Hawkins Gap was spelt wrong. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.